I would tell young kids, whatever it is that you gravitate to that is helping you to stay focused and to help you to achieve and to move forward, you accept that and take that. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. Let me introduce you all to our guest today is Mr. Tavon Mason, who is a former NFL wide receiver for the New York Jets. He had a full athletic scholarship to attend the University of Virginia. And in 2011, after retiring from two seasons in the NFL, he began coaching high school football at Woodlawn High School and started his own foundation, the the Tavon Mason Loves the Kids Foundation. And that's TavonMasonLovesTheKids.org, where he focuses on youth issues, including collaborating with other organizations to help homeless children and children who live in transitional housing which is absolutely amazing. Tavon, man, again, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. I'm doing great, and I appreciate you guys allowing me to be on the show. Um, This is a great platform. Any platform is great to allow us as former athletes to be able to talk about things outside of just football, you know, and you're you're coaching. All you're doing is X's and O's, so to be able to talk about other stuff that matter besides the game, um, I love doing it, enjoy doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a a great statement as well as as we, you know, talk about, you know, transitions. And specifically, I just want to jump right into, you know, you help homeless children and children who live in transitional housing. What inspired you to move in that direction and help this demographic? Um, I always wanted to do something working with kids. Even when I was young, I always said I wanted to have my own rec program. Um, So getting that opportunity, being from Baltimore, Maryland, full scholarship to University of Virginia, which is a top school and coming from you know, Baltimore, we kind of get looked down upon when it, you know, coming from our city of just, you know, shooting drugs and things like that. So being able to get past that, to be able to to, to pay at that high level of Division One and ACC and to be able to bring it home and show up kids. But I think the thing with us as athletes is transparency. So my first couple of times of meeting kids and meeting families and then being able to actually touch, talk to me, you know, like, oh, he's a regular person just like us. Because sometimes we get put above everybody um, when we are looking for the same thing as well. Um, so to be able to do that was great. And to, uh, helping the, the homeless kids and kids in trans- transition to homes, it kind of fell in my lap. So we are like a season seasonal-based organization. So what I mean, we do things. In the winter, spring, I have reading tours in the summer, and in the fall with me coaching, that's when I start to calm down and we start doing getting back to the drawing board. And some a friend of mine reached out and said, uh, "Tay, this is something you might want to do." And Camp St. Vincent's of Paul, uh, which is a free camp for those kids that are in transitional homes or shelters, they actually allow them to come for free. And you know, after looking at an article, um, I say, "You know what? Let's do a healthy snack drive." So the first year we did it, which was about four years ago, um, 
we collected bottles of water, uh, healthy uh, juice boxes, healthy snacks, um, so the kids can have instead of having that, you know, the normal state lunches that come in a brown box. So to get them more stuff. So basically, we're uh, um, loading up that pantry for the whole entire summer. So these kids get to go to from June, soon as school is done, all the way until August. So we start doing that every year. And wherever I coach that, parents will help. The last two years, I coached at Loyola Blakefield, which is a private high school in Towson, Maryland. And the head coach put it out in our newsletter. And I had uh, anywhere from like eight to 10 parents to kids and coaches filled up, filled up their cars, their trucks, and we just filled up their pantry. So last summer, when we went in in June, no, in July, uh, right before 4th of July, they were on their last shelf. Of things. So this is all year round. Even though it's Camp St. Vincent Park, it's still all year round because they got Head Start. They uh, cater to men and women. They cater to families. This is for the kids. And we filled that pantry up and we had to put more stuff in like a back storeroom. And we do it every year um, so they can have something different than, than those box lunches. Um, and uh, go around and visit the camp, um, talk to the kids. I read my children's book to the kids the first year we went. So that just kind of like stuck with a lot of our kids. And I don't know you guys probably said where you're from, the, the hungry, you know, kids being hungry because they rely on the school um, for lunch, you know, for breakfast, you know, things like that. So we started rolling with that. And that was like one of the things that we did, that, that we do, not that we did, but that we do. Well, congratulations. That That's major. Again, that's- I know you guys can, can attest to this, the whole stigma behind the dumb jock. You know, so Tavon does it all was based around there's more to Tavon than just him playing football. So the cover of the book um, is actually um, if you because uh, you can see it on um, on Amazon, you can flip inside the book to get a preview is an actual picture of me in my Woodlawn Rams uniform. That's the picture on the front of the book. Um, so we took it back to the middle school and is, you know, Tavon playing and. You know, he was, of course, a great uh, athlete, but Tavon didn't score the touchdown to win the game. It actually was a teammate who kids didn't see as a good player. He never got in, but because of the situation we was in, he had to get in the kick. And he had an incident where he tripped over himself to get on the field while his teammate shook his head. The other team laughed. Tavon helped him up, so, uh, you know, being a good teammate and told him, you got this. And he wound up kicking the winning field goal, you know, so again, promoting that, you know, supporting each other instead of laughing at each other. But the kicker was on the front cover, you see a storybook, slippers, a report card, storybook. I do my um, children books, reading the report card, I push grades. I rarely, rarely, when I go speak anywhere, if I'm asked to speak, I speak about the NFL for probably five minutes, everything else. I take my college degree with me. Um, I let them know, I played football for two years, but you cannot take my college degree with me. So that's why I keep it rolled up and I take it and I show them that this is like the main thing for me. And that's the main thing that made my family happy because when I graduated college, at that point in time, only two people on each side of my family graduated from college. On my mom's side and my dad's side, it was me and my brother. Now we have more, but then it was just two of us at that time. And we had some got started and then started working, but it was only two of us. And um, so that meant a lot to me, especially to my uh, mom and dad and family. Um, and then the slippers for the slipper drive. So I put an animation field to it to where things start coming out the locker room and running on the field and 
my teammates are like, wow, Tavon, you don't do you you do more than just play football. Again, that stigma of that's all we know how to do. So the, the my teammates were shocked that I did more than just play football, that I uh did slippers, you know, to the, the kids in the hospitals, took slippers there. I did readings to uh, to kids. I wanted good grades, you know, um, um, different things like that. So that came up, uh, about with the book. And we also put a built-in coloring book, mini coloring book in the book for the kids. Hey, yeah. that's amazing, man. Congratulations. Make sure if you're watching this, listening to this, however you come across this, to make sure you check out Tavon Does It All. That, that's amazing. Congratulations on that piece as well. I know that... No, anytime. I know that we're kind of getting closer to maybe closing out. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, the, the book being for the kids and what they may not know, that there was once a younger version of Tavon, right? And you yep. mentioned, you know, getting a chance to, you know, to be a kid and the things that you went through. What's some advice that you would give to the younger you present day? Um, I would tell myself to, to keep doing what I did, you know, um, to take on, I think the thing that helped me was once I got the opportunity, that taste of sports, because I already had the grades, but that's the thing that kind of like completed the deal. Because so I had the, the good grades, um, it was just being out in my neighborhood. Um, uh, and um, with me not really having that time or that place to get stuff out, you know, and being able to grow up and see it and then looking back down now, you know, when going to the community, that's some of the things that's missing, you know, the, the rec centers, the PAL centers, places for kids to go, you know, me being able to sign up for play rec sport, baseball, basketball, football, allow me to, to put my energy into something to where when I'm done, I had no energy for anything else. And that's what's missing. Um, I believe for a lot of our youth, not having that outlet, but um, I just tell, you know, the young kids and what I tell them now is just keep your mind open and be you. A lot of times I see now a lot of kids don't want to be themselves because they believe they have to portray something else in order to get acceptance from that group. Um, so, you know, getting your own acceptance. I'm not saying not to have friends, but being yourself. One thing I would tell kids all the time is okay to be a nerd. I was a nerd. I graduated high school with a 365 grade point average. You know what I mean? So I was a nerd. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with answering questions in class instead of knowing the answer. And then I don't want to raise my hand because I don't want people to think I'm smart. I'd rather people believe that I'm hardcore or uh, I like to fight or I don't know anything, but it's okay to be smart. So I, I say that, you know, on you guys show, I tell kids all the time, you know, um, that it's okay to be smart because I, I was a nerd. I love, I love to learn. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. Uh, just getting out that whole spell of I got to be this way to be accepted by that crew over there instead of being accepted by everybody. And you don't know where that's going to lead you. So is is that what BU means? Because what, what what if you say to somebody, be you? And, like, and a kid is looking up at you like, uh, be me. Okay. What does that mean? I tell them, it, what, what, what do you like? You know what I mean? Not what Tavon like. I know what I like, or I know what Prince like, or I know what Stan like. No, but what do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, what is something that interests you? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When I started, me and Matt um, Elliott started G-Squad at this middle school we work at, you know, we, we had a, uh, and it's for African-American boys, and we picked the boys that had struggling issues, whether it was in school, outside of school, and just needed that little tough love. You know what I mean? We had one, one of our kids, 
that love kind of like the uh kind of like rock music. And you know, and this African American boy, and he loved rock music. He loved anime. You know what I mean? And during the course of the years, seven his seventh grade and his eighth grade, I think he's tenth or eleventh grade now. But he's like, this is stuff I like. And I was like, well, if that's what you like, then you like it. Don't adjust it or change it because everybody might like this over here. No, if that's what you like. Like it and 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 broadcast it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's okay mm-hmm. to broadcast that. You know, mm-hmm. um, same with me. I like. When I got to college, I took a poetry class. I like writing poetry, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. You know, uh, I like the aspects of buildings for some reason, because it amazes me how men can build these crazy buildings out of uh, brick and all that stuff. So that's some of the stuff I like, you know what I mean? So I, I would tell young kids, whatever it is that you gravitate to that is helping you to stay focused and to help you to achieve and to move forward, you accept that and take that. Nice, nice. Really Stan, I'm going to have two more questions for him, and then we can go ahead and close it out. Um, so what, one question is, with what's going on in this current time? Uh, yeah. You know, it seems like it's been a lot of uh, uh, racial things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you handle yourself during this time um, when you see some of these tragedies happening um, in in the world, what 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 is it that that Tavon does that other um, people can uh, really take heed on the knowledge that you share with them? Um, I'll be on- again as being honest and transparency. I'm angry just like them. I was just talking to a, a friend of mine's um, at the, the church that we go to. And I was telling like, I'm, I'm really angry and upset. And I, I, I posted it on Twitter. Um, I think that's the one thing about me, especially with getting into this, uh, being a philanthropist is that, uh, not being silent about what I'm seeing and, and what's happening to my culture. You no, know, and I, I said it upsets me because of being a, a, a black man with black boys and black girls for kids. It, it, it bothers me because we are in 2020. You know what I mean? The the one thing that just changing the wave is we have film now. But, you know, what I mean, it bothers me because to be able to move about and being, you know, sometimes uh, fearful because you're not you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and um, so what I do is, again, the mentor inside of me, when I get up every morning and go on Instagram, I have an Instagram group with some of the players that's on, a, on my team. Um, I talk to them just straight up and down, you know, and I, I tell them, you know, you know, be careful how you, you, you walk about, you know, where you walk in that, um, how to respectfully handle yourself when you get in a situation, not every situation needs a fire response, you know, so trying to give them and even, you know, my boys are younger, but I'm going to start having talks with them, but the, the ones that are in high school and that are moving about without being with their parents a lot, how to handle themselves when they come into those situations. I think that's the one thing is really having those talks. I believe in the, in the past, it was kind of like, if it wasn't on your doorstep, you don't talk about it because it's like, well, that's happening over there. So we don't got to worry about that. But as it become more vivid and clear, because we have those social media, we have phones, we have cameras, have to have that dialogue. So you won't have to have that dialogue or reading off obituary later down the road. So I think, really having that dialogue within your groups, within your families um, is definitely needed so they can get an understanding. Because again, I go back with you know, working in the school system. A lot of our kids now 
are more reactive before they think now, you know, mm. and, you know, in our ge- generation, we were more, we just push along the, the, the kind of like the Martin Luther King kind of role where our kids now, and not even with the racial stuff, with stuff in general, they're more reactive. So if they feel like they're disrespected, boom, they're just going to launch and to try to give them tools on how to handle that, to get home safe, or just to, how to help them not be viewed in a certain way because they're considered angry or they have back issues that right now are starting to shake up, shake up, explode now. So trying to give them the warnings and have those talks again, just having those communication and allow. That's one thing I think, you know, I kind of took on because being young, you know, we were told you don't have nerves, so you shouldn't, no one, you can't get on nobody's nerves. No one can get on your nerves. You don't have nerves. You're too young to have nerves. It's listening. So I'm, I'm more of a listener now. Allowing kids to vent. Um, a lot of times, our kids can't vent because they're told, "Oh no, you you don't know what you're talking about, or you can't say that." But allowing them to vent, vent in their way, and then we can adjust it after they get the opportunity to vent. So being a listener now, nice. I, I tell families and mentors and whoever to to be a listener to your kids, even if they come out with profanity and everything, allow them to get it out, and then you can critique that and adjust that after they start to come down. So being a good listener will mm-hmm. help us. Awesome. And my last question. So being a good listener is, is beautiful that you say that because my last question is always like one of the difficult, the most difficult one. And I, I, I'm asking, do you have any kids? Yes. Yes. How many kids do you have? Yes. Me and my wife, we have five total. We blended family. Hey, total nice, man. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Now, they look up to you as a father figure, and they love you, um, and um, you, are, you are a guy in their life. Yeah. Uh, if um, something were to happen to you tomorrow, and you know about it, right. what would you do? When you sit them down, what would you say to them? Um. One, I would make sure that I was prepped personally to have stuff in place for them. And that's one of the things I began doing. Me and my wife started talking about last year, and I actually started it. I did it last month as far as, uh, you know, showing stuff, all that type stuff, because uh, my dad had it when he passed with me and my brother. Um, but making sure I have that in place for my for my wife and um, for the kids to just letting them know. You know, I, I think, again, just being honest, um, I don't want to give off the, I don't want to say fairy tale of, you know, it's going to be this way, this might not happen, but letting them know uh, truly what's going on. You know, for instance, when uh, I believe three or four years ago, I had Bell's palsy. So the left side of my face just stopped working. And um, like stress related. Um, I found out after that it was stress related. But what I did um, to as a push to for us men to make sure we get checked out because you know, that the ego thing, I did a Facebook uh, video coming out the gym and just talking about it. And, you know, and I had people say, no, man, you brave for doing that. I wouldn't have did that. You know, again, is it, I got to see what people rely on. They rely on the, the visual and the, uh, uh, holding up a certain uh, aura for people. But then I had a lot of people said, thank you for saying that that prompted me to do this. But I had to tell my youngest daughter, she's, 14 now, but then she was probably 11 or 12. So when she got to see me, because she doesn't live with me, but when she got to see me, she saw how my face had drooped. I can tell it affected her. So I had the conversation with her. Same way when she got to like sixth or seventh grade, I had that conversation with her about boys. You know what I mean? I, 
because we can no longer be the no, you're not going to mess with it because they kids are still going to do because they attempted. So I had a conversation with her about boys. I put myself in it. I was a young boy too. I know what I was looking for. This is what I want you to see. So being transparent, being honest, to be able to keep that door open so they can come to me and talk. You know, being that tyrant, they're not going to come to me. So I'm doing those type of things, which will help me adjust. So if something like that were to happen, then I can sit down and have that talk with them because I already had that door open with talking about real life stuff with them. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, you mentioned listening and talking, and it's great because if they can't talk to you, they're going to talk to someone. So for yeah. folks who are, are watching this, please take heed and understand that notion that you want your kids to be able to talk to you at, at every point. Yeah. Much much like Tavon continues to do, and that is like create what you want to see. And yeah. you've continued to create and move along the way, which is obviously a big part of why you continue to do what you do and having your foundation at TavonMasonLovesTheKids.org, which is amazing. Uh-huh. In addition to your book, Tavon Does It All, which I'm really looking forward uh, to checking out on Amazon, as everyone else should be as well. Tavon, any final words or thoughts for you before we get out of here? How can people find you? How can they? Um, we know they go to Amazon to get the book. How can they find you and learn more about you? Um, just like you said, Stan, right through the website. That's I, I would tell everybody all the time. If you want to see what I'm doing and and me actually being out there and and doing the things that, just like Prince said, picking my lane. Um, go to the website. Tavon Mason loves the kid loves the kids dot org. That's loves with a an S. And um, you know, Instagram is Mister underscore T Mason. Tavon Mason love the kids. Uh, Twitter T Mason eighteen and TML TKF. Um, on Twitter, um, I'll say also, you know, don't get stuck in your own lane. One thing that I learned after starting in 2011 is helping other people. You know, my one of my best friends, Joe Gamble, he does stuff, a former player. He grew up in Baltimore City. He has his Joe Gamble Foundation. So if I don't have nothing going on, I go out, support him. He does a mini draft for flag football, for a flag football program. Hey, can you come down? And just be a presence or even talk. Yeah, I'm there automatic. It's, it's those type of things that can help connect people, not always being in the forefront. And that's one thing I don't mind doing. Even on my found, on my website, I'll post other people's slides. You know, yesterday uh, on my foundation Instagram page, my personal page is uh, uh, two uh, two people. They're doing um, fresh fruit, fruit and vegetable giveaways in Baltimore City. I took the flyer posted on all of my all of my stuff because I don't have all the answers. But everybody else, like Prince said, they might have a niche, which is their niche. So if I can help push it to the people I know so they can see it and get it out there. So you can help that way. You can be a re you can retweet, reshare, got this going on, this is going on and such and such, you might want to go check it out. You know, you know, so um yeah, all of those, my website is like one of the keys. But and after that, you know, just reach me anywhere and um I connect and I don't mind talking at all. Nice. And awesome. Man, thank you. Man, thank you so very much, Tavon, for your time. We hope to have you back here again. Prince, thanks for having us. As always, always an absolute pleasure. For those of you all watching, if you know someone that could benefit from having this kind of conversation, sharing their story as a professional athlete, playing at the highest level at whatever it is they do, then you should certainly forward them to Game Beyond the Game. Continue to stay tuned, continue to learn with us and from us as we continue to teach others and learn from one another how we can improve our Game Beyond the Game. Have a great week, you all.
Peace. Hey, you too. Peace. Last thing I want to say, Michelle Obama said it. Whenever they go low, you go high. And a lot of times we try to figure out how you go high. Well, look within. When you look within, you go what? Peace. Peace, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.